1: on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday hump day edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's podcast. Hopefully you guys have caught both podcasts we put out yesterday. We put out our normal daily podcast talking some BYU football yesterday, reacting to day 13 of BYU football practice. Today we'll talk a little more BYU football. Got some news on the recruiting front we need to talk about, but also yesterday we had a special edition reacting to Dave Rose's retirement potential candidates. I'm going to do an update on what I've heard overnight uh, since I did that podcast and let you know what's the latest in BYU news. So a lot to get to on today's podcast. Of course, we'll wrap up the show with all all the other news in BYU sports, wins for both the BYU baseball and softball programs. We'll get to all that coming up next. You're listening to the Locked on Cougars podcast for March 27th, 2019. Alright guys, I'm Jay Katch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hope you guys are all having a great day. Thanks again for joining me. And let's get right off to the top. Let's talk some BYU basketball. Of course, I did that broadcast yesterday reacting to Dave Rose's retirement press conference. And let's just put it this way. The sources are... And the rumor mill is just spinning at a crazy pace. Uh, Dave Rose is stepping aside. He is done. He's out. And what does BYU do next? Well, they've officially announced that Quincy Lewis will be the interim head coach of the BYU basketball program. And it was mildly surprising to me to see him get named as the interim head coach. Uh, Not a guy like Tim Lacombe, but I think we found out why because Tim Lacombe announced last night that his run as BYU basketball assistant coach is over. And it's tough for me. I've gotten to know Tim very well. He's hosted shows here on the Zone Sports Network multiple times, and it's just been awesome to hear his voice, to have him around the BYU basketball program, and I'll read his tweet. It says, Today ends an era at BYU basketball. So grateful to have worked for Coach Rosen at BYU for the last 12 years. Thankful for the lifelong relationships I have made in school, such as athletic administration, coaches, players, boosters, etc. Hard day, but great day. Next chapter. And I, all I have to say, just on a personal note, is happy trails to Tim Lacombe. I'm hoping that we can get him on the radio more often here along the Wasatch Front. I think he's got a knack for doing sports radio. We'll see if it turns into anything full-time, but I think he can come in and co-host and we'll do that. But it's... There's a lot of change coming. I'm, I'm expecting any day now that Yoli Childs will announce that he is his intentions to turn pro. I, I don't see any way that he decides to change his mind on that and come back to BYU. And I don't think Yoli Childs, Jashir Hardnett, and Ryland Bergerson are the only guys that could make could decide that BYU is not where they want to finish their careers with this coaching change. There's a lot of stuff in flux with BYU basketball. I can tell you I have multiple people telling me that Mark Pope is the heavy frontrunner to take this job. There's been a lot of smoke around him. He didn't address the media after their CBI loss on Monday night in Tampa, Florida. Um, some reports that he traveled separately from the team home. I don't know what that would mean. It may mean he was going to meet somebody or he's going on vacation. It can be multiple things, but there's a lot of smoke around Mark Pope as the head coach of BYU. Conversely, I've had other people tell me, and these are sort Sources that I've trusted on multiple occasions, on multiple stories that tell me that Pope has multiple offers on the table and that he um, is trying to decide what he wants to do. I do wonder with Pope, and I said this on yesterday's podcast, what his aspirations are. Does he see BYU as a destination? Does he want to put up with the restrictions that BYU has? Uh, he can't do what he's done at UVU, honestly, at BYU and bring in mass transfers from all over the country. BYU's admissions department, and we'll talk about this in a minute, just Finally relented it looks like on getting a junior college running back enrolled at BYU that has a degree from Rice University. Rice is one of the elite academic institutions in this country. Separate from their athletic shortcomings, their athletic programs and whatnot, the football program in particular, but If you can't get a kid who has a graduate degree from Rice into school, yeah, I don't think that Mark Pope's going to come in and say, hey, guys, I've got four or five transfers I want to bring into BYU. Maybe BYU will agree to do that if he ultimately decides to become the head coach, but I don't see it happening. There's a lot in flux with BYU, and I do wonder if Mark Pope looks at BYU and says, okay, well, I understand that it's a good school, and I've worked there, and I respect it. But I've got options elsewhere, and I feel I can be I can be more successful there. Not to say that BYU can't be plenty successful, but if you lose a guy like Yoli Childs, you have two players already in the transfer portal, and Jashir Hardnett and Ryland Bergerson, and more could potentially do that could be an interesting rebuilding job taking place in Provo for whoever ends up as the head coach. So like I said, there's a lot of smoke. People telling me that Pope is essentially in line to take the job and other people telling me that he's weighing his options. But there is smoke out there, and I can tell you that Pope, Mark Pope is priority number one for BYU basketball. We'll see what happens with Quincy Lewis. I think that he'll get at least get an interview for the job. I don't think he gets it, but he's got a former head coach at Lone Peak High School, and he's been an assistant for Dave Rose for the last four seasons. So he'll obviously get his opportunity in serving as the interim head coach. He has an opportunity to have the administrators at BYU see what he can do right there on site. So... A lot to break down, a lot to talk about, and a lot to cover over the next coming days and weeks with the BYU basketball program is literally the end of an era. I said it yesterday, and I, I'm still a little miffed about it. I don't feel like Dave Rose left uh, with his gas tank completely empty. I feel like he had more to give to BYU, but the powers of the B decided they wanted a change, and he, he, Dave Rose, is a loyal soldier, plain and simple. And I will have the utmost respect for that man till the end of my days. He was a great person to cover. He's a great coach, an even better man. Never thought things were out of bounds. Didn't take too much issue with us as the media asking him questions about things and it was good to see him be honored yesterday, and congratulations to Dave Rose on a long career. But BYU basketball, major flux with that program, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, the expectation coming in here is you're going to have to get the team back to the NCAA tournament. And right now, the cupboards right now, losing a guy like Yuli Childs, who, like I said, I expect any day now to announce that he is going pro you got you got some heavy lifting to do, and I, I, I'm not to say that BYU is devoid of talent. Guys like TJ Hawes are on that roster, Gavin Baxter, etc. But you don't have a a one number one score on that roster if Yoli Childs leaves, and that could be a big issue when you're BYU and you're trying to compete in the West Coast Conference where Gonzaga is way out ahead of you and you're not going to catch Gonzaga. I honestly, I don't think BYU is going to catch Gonzaga. Could they be, this, in theory, the second best team in the conference and should they be the second best team in the conference? Yeah, no doubt. I absolutely agree with that, but there's a, there's a lot to pay attention to and to cover over the coming days and weeks and we'll have it all covered for you right here on Locked On Cougars. We'll take a time out here come back talk some BYU football, some recruiting news as well as a conversation with BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Sitake. Had a chance to catch up with him. I'm excited to let you guys hear his thoughts on the wide receiving core at BYU so we'll get to that next. A reminder for you guys if you're looking for a new podcatcher, or you just want a new way to catch the BYU this BYU podcast Locked On Cougars use the new Himalaya app. It's awesome. It's got brand new features. They do personally curated playlists so you can find like-minded listeners and also podcasts. So You always can be up to date with the latest in, in news speaking of BYU. So check it out. The new Himalaya podcast app. We're also available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can find us anywhere podcasts are to be found. Please subscribe, rate and review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews are worth their weight in gold. And a reminder for you guys, like I do every day, had multiple people tell me they've started using this you can use your personal assistant on your smart device your phones tablets whatever you have when you get in your vehicle tell it play podcast locked on cougars that way you never miss an addition and that way you're always up to date on the latest in byu news so do all that i appreciate you guys continued support on the show and we'll get to some byu football next this is locked on cougars
0: Yeah.
1: Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU news. Thanks again for joining us here. I'm Jay Catch. Let's get to some BYU football now. A flurry of recruiting news that came out yesterday and we'll start off with two of the high school commitments that came out. Logan Peely, a prospect out of the Las Vegas area, the younger brother of current BYU players Trajan and Keenan Peely has committed to BYU and that's not all that surprising, but Logan Peely, similar to what the Kafousis were, and speaking of Bronson Kafusi Corbin Kafusi and now Devin Kafusi, who's still at BYU. Bronson and Devin have said that, not Bronson and Devin, Bronson and Corbin have both said that Devin could be the best of the Kafusi clan. There's a lot of speculation that Logan Peely could be the best of the three Peely brothers so far coming to BYU, but he continues a family legacy, a dynasty that continues on. Trajan's going to be a heavy rotation player, if not a starter, as a senior this year. Keenan Peely is battling for playing time, a linebacker, and a Logan Peely's anything like his older two brothers could be a good thing for BYU. Another family connection is that Josh Wilson, a Corner Canyon prospect here locally, brother of BYU starting quarterback Zach Wilson, has short-circuited his recruiting process. And I don't mean to short-circuit is a bad thing, but he has decided, hey, BYU is where I want to go. I want to go play with my brother. He's going to be a BYU Cougar, he is committed. And everything I've heard and watched about Josh Wilson and and just talked to people about him is he will give you every ounce of his ability. He may not be the most physically gifted player. His brother Zach's probably a better athlete, but Josh Wilson will give you every ounce of what he's got, and I think BYU's getting a very under the radar high level contributor in my mind in Josh Wilson. If he's anything like his brothers, anything like his family, his dad was a high-level player at Utah. He's got the bloodlines, and I'm excited for Josh Wilson. He's decided that BYU where he wants to be, and this, this starts off another dynasty, I think, for BYU with the Wilson family. There's a couple other brothers in the Wilson clan, the Wilson family, who could end up as football players. One of them's a quarterback. Could they have quarterbacks, that lead, the Wilsons, lead BYU back to quarterbacking glory? We'll see, but congratulations to Josh Wilson and Logan Peely on their commitments and continuing family legacies at BYU. The final news on the recruiting front before we get to an interview here with Fessy Satake was the news last night that Emmanuel Asupa, he is a graduate transfer uh, from Rice University, has finally, finally been admitted to BYU. The story is about a player being denied admission to BYU despite having graduated from an elite academic institution. Well, guess what? Here's the here's the inside scoop. It's Emmanuel Asupa. I think most of you could have put that together if you pay attention to the recruiting front, and the stories that were coming out. BYU's admissions department and the graduate transfer program or graduate program that Emmanuel Asupa apparently wanted to go to denied him entry into that school I know that BYU has required kids to sign commitments that they'll come back and finish their degrees and Emmanuel Asupai I'm guessing this is just me speculating that they thought that he was coming here just to play football for a year well newsflash BYU admissions no bleep really it's not that surprising. But he's also a kid that did his, finished his degree at Rice University. Like I said in the first segment, Rice University is one of the elite academic institutions in this country. It's on par with a Duke, a Stanford, etc. I know that their athletic programs at Rice aren't very impressive, and Emmanuel Supa doesn't have great stats coming over from Rice, but he's a guy that's worked with A.J. Stewart who was coaching at Rice before coming to BYU. A.J. Stewart believes that a super can at least be a role player and a leader for a young running back group, could be a contributor on the field, and I think that's a great thing for BYU. Still no word on Tyson Williams, the South Carolina product. Everything I've been told is it's going to be a battle between BYU and Florida State to get him to commit, but I think BYU could really get themselves set up nicely with a Supa being enrolled now or getting admitted to BYU after months and months of trying to get it taken care of. I know BYU coaches went to bat for him multiple times and the BYU admissions department finally or admissions office finally granted him entry. Can they do the same thing with Tyson Williams and really set up their running back position group to have some success? We'll see, but I think it's it's a big deal for BYU to see that Emmanuel Supa got into school and I'll let you in on a secret right now. I'm going to interview Emmanuel Supa later today and will be on tomorrow's podcast if you heard that let your friends know it will be on tomorrow's podcast as far as i'm aware will be an exclusive deal they will have on the podcast and excited to catch up with him get his thoughts on coming to byu etc so stay tuned for that on tomorrow's locked on cougars podcast now let's get to an interview i did earlier this week i had a chance to catch up with byu wide receivers coach Fessy sitake like most of the coaches on the BYU coaching staff, very well thought out answers. Gives you good, honest analysis of his players, etc. So let's get to it. Here's BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Sitake with myself after BYU football practice. Coach, you guys had a pretty good day on
2: offense at that spring scrimmage. After watching the film, what was your evaluation of your wide receivers? Uh, Really, really pleased with them, especially that first group. Um, Every, um, I grade pretty hard and every, all five guys who play in the the in Group One graded graded above ninety percent, and I've never had that in a scrimmage before. And um, not just on their on their routes and their playmaking, but just little things, being the furthest guy on the backside on a run and sprinting off and trying to cut off the safety and just those little things. It was really encouraging um, seeing film that these guys were playing that way and so um, I thought it was a great sign, we're taking a step forward, really pleased with the plays that were made, we start off really flat overall in an offense, everybody and, and uh, we challenged the guys to step up and make some plays and um, I thought some of the receivers did a good job at, at um, sparking some of that and so uh, real happy, thought it was a clean day and, and then the, the next group um, you know, which is a pretty big group of guys who are trying to prove themselves, we weren't as clean, a little bit sloppy but, but some guys still stepped up and, and made some some big plays so um really encouraging i think uh for for the where we're at in spring gunner was kind of the headliner of that group
1: and i think he's kind of been the headliner of this spring people have just seen him stand out especially when i heard is the media
2: how much healthier is he right now versus what he was in the fall way healthier and and uh you can see it in the way he plays he's he plays confident because he knows he's got um a whole, a whole year now under his belt, and the last several months of strength and conditioning, uh, the strength staff, Nuu and the rest have, have done a good job at um, really pushing him, and you can tell he's he's put on some the right weight, some mass, and that's turned into some confidence. He's gotten faster and stronger, and so um, I think a lot of that is just been the anticipation that's built up. You know, he's 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 played well, just like all the other guys, but there's been a lot of anticipation with him, you know, being hurt, and so it's it's been really good um, to see him stay. Healthy throughout this spring and have improved that he is durable and um, so he's had a he's had a phenomenal spring.
1: With Micah, he was named a team captain a year ago, and I think most people would say a little bit of a disappointing performance
2: in 2018 for him. I, yeah. What's it been like working with him this spring? He uh, he. One thing about Micah, he never changes, and I've really grown to respect him. Uh, I felt I I applied. Um, uh, a lot of unintentional pressure on him, yeah. you know, by 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 deeming him a, him a leader, which isn't a bad thing, but uh, just when I first met the group, just by his personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was easy to assume him as a leader and give him that role. He's really charismatic and, um, just a great, a great person. And so I think I could have done a better job at not, I, I don't regret deeming him a leader and he still is. Um, but I should have been more clear and on the direction I want to want him to go with that leadership and how I want, where I want him to, to, to take it. And so we've had talks and we're on the same page and he still is a leader. And, um, but what I'm really happy with is all the other guys who have stepped up in their own way. Um, I've told a couple uh, you know a couple people in the media that who've had the question of who's kind of taking the role as a leader and I I genuinely feel all five of those guys mm-hmm. have Completely taking it, taking the lead, and have just flourished as leaders in their own way. And, and to me, that's that's a great sign. It's happened naturally, just amongst themselves within. There's nothing magical I'm doing. They're just, they've all stepped up, and they're playing with confidence. And that leadership is just taking place from within. And so it's nice to not have one clear leader that you feel you have to put all your eggs into and and put that kind of apply that unnecessary pressure. It's really it really plays allows them to all just play a lot more loose, knowing that all of them kind of can can step up and be a leader at any time.
1: Your position group is one of those groups that actually has most of the guys healthy for spring. We've seen tight end groups and pretty decimated just due to guys coming back from
2: injury. What's it been like working with kind of your full contingent of guys? It's been really nice. Um, Obviously, with the absence of Aleva, who who, uh, probably is the most experienced guy, Uh, he's the one who's obviously out. But with the other five, having all those guys who have played a lot of snaps last year, um, even Gunnar and Dax's freshman, it's been really nice because they've, they've kind of uh, taken that role personally this spring that not only are we um, experienced and we have playing time under our belts, but we're kind of one of the position groups that seems to be a little bit healthier. And so that, that role that they um, kind of deem themselves, is, I think has really helped them flourish this spring. They've all stepped up, and, and overall I'm really pleased with how they've all played this spring. And so it's been nice. you know. Not, we got two more practices, knock on wood. Hopefully they, they all remain healthy. Columbia. Talked to him just a little bit ago and he said he really likes the kind of the format where you have that scrimmage and you have
1: these three other practices, to really clean things up. What do you want to see from your guys in these final two, three practices?
2: Yeah, I actually, and we, we talked about that a lot today. So that there's two two really big things, two big points of emphasis. The first one is I I want them to um, take advantage of this week and really become mentors to that second group yep. to really teach them um, you know, continue continually grow as leaders, um, and then become those coaches to, to those guys. You know, my uh, us as coaches, our voices can become a little bit dry and bland during this time of spring ball. And so it's nice when players can step up and do that. And so um, that's what I want from the older guys. And then the, the next thing is just um, – sincere and genuine enthusiasm. It's easy for everyone on practice one and two to be optimistic and have a lot of juice, but um, this last week when it's easy to kind of go into coast mode knowing that the spring game's over, I want those guys to bring the same juice and passion um, these last two practices now that they would in practice one and two. So those have been the two biggest points of emphasis for the last week.
1: When, I guess it's technically the offseason, these player-run practices come up, (laughs) I'm trying to formulate how to ask this question correctly, but when guys go out there, do you like, kind
2: of lay out now what you want to see from them come fall? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that's one of the points of emphasis okay. this last week okay. is we're, we're formatting uh, certain parts of our practice to show them, this is what we right. want you to do. Um, and so, and then the other part of it is just, uh, yeah, when, when this all comes to a wrap, it's a matter of getting with the leaders in your position, various position groups and letting them know what those expectations are. It, it's kind of, just i don't know it's standard for everyone across the country prps has come out we just throw versus air we do a couple of routes and all that and and we want to take things to the next level and just let those guys really um know how to, to to service each other giving a scout team look of of our future opponents and work certain you know finer techniques of the of the position and so um those are some of the stuff we're educating on those guys within our meetings and like i said this last week within the the frame of practice coach thanks so much thank you very much there you
1: go, BYU wide receivers coach Fessi Satake. And you can tell he's upbeat about his crew, and I think he should be. This wide receiving core is coming along nicely so far for BYU. Once they get Aleva Hifo back into the fold, he's expected to rejoin BYU and workouts and whatnot in the summer, around June, is what I was told. And it'll be interesting to see what BYU's wide receiving core can do. I think Gunnar Romney is on pace to be that alpha dog. I've heard good things about Micah Simon having a bounce back after a lackluster. Or season a year ago. I asked him about that, and he said that Mike has been a true leader. So I think that the wide receiving core for BYU can be a strength for for the Cougars. Uh, You got to get Zach Wilson back healthy and throwing with these guys, get kind of that that camaraderie and that just those reps in. But I don't I don't necessarily worry about this. You heard Fessy; he's pretty upbeat about having his full complement outside of one player available in spring ball. I think this wide receiving core is going to be an underrated but solid group for the Cougars, and everything coming out of spring camp screams to me the BYU set up I think to have a decent year at the very minimum on offense I'm hopeful for an, a breakout year on offense but you never quite know until the fall shows up and also have to worry about injuries but we'll see what happens and I think the BYU is very much rounding into form and that's a good sign for the BYU football program thanks to Fessy Satake once again a reminder for you guys tomorrow's podcast Emmanuel Asupa is scheduled to join us scheduled to do that interview later today and excited to catch up with him it's This is exclusive content. You can only get here, so just. Tell your friends about this podcast, Plain and Simple. If you're looking for it, you want a new podcatcher, you've been dissatisfied with whatever you've been using, well, we're on the new Himalaya app. Check it out, guys. The app is pretty sweet. I've been checking it out, and I have to say I'm quite impressed. I've been a guy who's used Apple Podcasts since I started listening to podcasts, Plain and Simple, but I've started using the Himalaya app a little bit, and I really have liked the features it brings. They're continuing to develop things, add new features to it, so I would encourage you to check that out. All right, we will step aside here. Come back. Talk some more BYU sports. Got to catch up with the BYU baseball and football and not football, softball programs. And a reminder for you guys, if you are a baseball or a softball fan, the Locked On Podcast Network has just relaunched the Major League Baseball arm of the network. Some Locked On MLBs out there. Every team should be out there. If you want to follow your favorite team and you want to get all the updates on them in 15 minutes or less, it's about half the length of most of my podcasts, you can do that. Just search out Locked On, your favorite team and you'll always be up to date on the baseball season ahead. It kicks off tomorrow. Opening day in MLB is technically tomorrow. I know they had the the games over in Tokyo last week with my Mariners taking on the Oakland A's, but real opening day is tomorrow, so it's an exciting time. Check it out. Locked on Major League Baseball is back, right in time for the season. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles,
1: All right, as we close out today's edition of Locked on Cougars, thanks again for downloading the show. Thanks for joining us. Recapping everything else in BYU sports, BYU softball and baseball were in action yesterday. Softball had their first in-state games this season. They were at Utah Valley at Wolverine Field and took both games of the doubleheader, winning the first game 10-1 to in five innings. and then. Winning a nail biter six to five in the nightcap. So congratulations to Gordon Eakin's team. They now head to Texas for games against UT San Antonio and Texas A&M down there in the Lone Star State this weekend. We'll keep you updated on how that goes for them. Baseball used a five run eighth inning to blow it open and beat Oregon seven to three. They snapped a losing streak to Oregon that dated back to the 1970s, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, you don't play a team that often. I guess that happens. But congratulations to the BYU baseball program. They remain at home this weekend for a three-game set against St. Mary's in West Coast Conference play. Um, Some notes for you in terms of teams and programs in action starting today is the Men's Swimming and Diving Championships are in Austin, Texas, the Lee and Joe Jamel Texas Swimming Center. So best of luck to the Men's Swimming and Diving teams. That begins today and runs through Saturday. We'll keep you updated on how things go for the Cougars at that. Also, the Men's and Women's Track and Field teams begin action in Austin, Texas as well. They actually could travel together potentially. Men's and women's track and field are taking part in the Texas relays that begins today and also goes through Saturday. That's at the Mike A. Myers Track and Soccer Stadium there in Austin, Texas on the University of Austin uh, University of Texas at Austin campus. So best of luck to both the men's and women's track and field teams as well as the men's swimming and diving teams. Should be a fun week ahead and hopefully we'll have some good showings from all the athletes involved there. Alright, that's the show for today. Thanks again for joining me. It's been a blast to bring it to you each and every day hopefully you guys are all having a great week a Wednesday hump day edition of the show and before I go I do need to give a shout out to my loving wife it is our four year anniversary today so congratulations to us I suppose and thanks for great four years and here's to many more to my dear Megan thanks again for joining me and thank you for letting me add that personal note here on the podcast hopefully you guys are all having a great day whenever you hear this we'll catch you tomorrow a reminder Emmanuel Asupa BYU transfer running back Scott Scheduled to join us on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Cougars. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for March 27th, 2019.
0: Hey, Prime members.